Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news and interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. I'm Tony from Good Morning America. And I'm Jeffrey from D23. And together we're taking you Inside Disney. Happy holidays for real-ish. Hi. Yay. How are you? Oh, just so jolly to see you both. How are you? Jolly as well. I Tony saw that you married a couple friends of yours. Well done. Congratulations. Oh my gosh, I got to officiate my first wedding. Cool. So fun. There's like nothing you cannot do. You wear many hats. <laughs> <laughs> when duty calls, Sherry, duty calls. Uh, and Sherry, what have you been up to? Okay, so I watched all of Olaf Presents on Disney+. Plus. I didn't oh. mean to watch it all in one sitting. I wanted to like savor each episode, but that autoplay function on Disney+, Plus, it just got me. It just happened. If you guys, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, please check it out. It is like joke after joke after joke. I felt like my brain couldn't keep up with the number of jokes and the volume of laughs. <laughs> Olaf oh. as Genie is like next level. Olaf as Hey Hey Jeffrey also next uh, level yeah so if, if anyone hasn't heard our josh gad interview check it out it's a great i mean not to brag it's a great episode <laughs> it is it was a great episode he was amazing yep what about you guys well i speaking of things on disney plus and things to come on disney plus i got to screen the first two episodes of hawkeye you guys mm. next week. i did too so good it was wildly funny and adventurous and also mysterious. I have a lot of questions, but you know, we're still starting out, but can't wait for everyone to see it. Indeed. I actually, to a humble brag, I guess is the phrase, I got to sit with our friend Victoria Alonzo um, for a dinner over the weekend. We, we were there at the Academy Museum to honor Victoria at the Outfest Legacy Awards. Um, and she was there wow. with her, her wife and that was amazing. She is great. She is so stoked for this series. She gave me no spoilers, but she said, just wait. She said, I said, I watched the first two episodes. She said, just wait. So Ooh, how fun. cannot wait for that. Also caught up on Grey's Anatomy. They announced that there was going to be a surprising death. There was a very surprising death. I don't want to say who, but so if you have not caught up on Grey's, little surprise there. And uh, the Connor. So I'm I'm all caught up on uh, a whole lot of stuff. You're busy this weekend, Jeffrey. Wow. Very, very busy, very busy. <laughs> and coming up on the show, I was lucky enough to sit down with our chief executive officer, Bob Chapek. He had some great, great stories and a couple of uh, surprising reveals. So stay tuned Ooh. for that. But first off, we've got some news because Sherry, last week, Disney Plus Day. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh, what a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind. There were so many. Okay, but what are each of your, some of your favorite things that were either announced or that we saw a little bit more of? Obviously, Hocus Pocus 2, you guys. I'm very laser focused. Yes. Um, yeah. Coming yeah. next year. Oh, so great. Mm. Yeah. I was so excited to see the Proud Family Louder and Prouder trailer. Oh yeah. my gosh, the animation oh. looks awesome. And I'm super excited for the guest stars too. Yep. I loved the Baymax little bit that yeah. they showed with them oh, making coffee. Yes. I genius, genius. 
And also, of course, anyone who knows me knows that Enchanted is my favorite movie. So Disenchanted <laughs> is high on my must watch list. Everything Pixar too. Cars mm. on the Road, Win or Lose. The Disney Plus Day special is now streaming as well with our friend Pete Doctor. Woohoo. Yay. And the She-Hulk bits that they showed, genius, Ms. Marvel, cannot wait. Echo, can't wait for that. But I think, Tony, you and I are on the exact same page about my favorite Marvel announcement. Is it Agatha? House of Harkness, Catherine yeah. Hahn. And for anyone who listened to our interview with Kevin Feige over the summer, he he said he was they would he would love to be working with Catherine Hahn again. So uh so cannot wait. So many great things. Such a gift. Ah, I love it. it. Really. Uh, and D23 has an incredible roundup of all of the announcements and trailers and first look images and all of that that were made last week. You can go to d23.com to see that. Well, and, and speaking of Disney Plus, Disney Plus is one of the many panels that is going to be taking place this weekend, Saturday, November 20th and Sunday, November 21st during Destination D23. And fans are invited to watch live. Almost every panel is going to be live streamed as part of Destination D23 Live, a fantastic Disney celebration presented by Tops. So you can head to d23.com for all the details. We're going to be streaming on all the D23 socials. The live stream will start at 9 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. And for more details, visit d23.com. Mm -hmm. Well, what is that extremely faint sound in the background? Yes, it's jingling bells. You know what that means? <laughs> it's time for Sherry's Holiday Corner. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> the holidays are officially back at Disneyland Resort. I feel like I've said this since June, <laughs> but it's official now. It's happening through January 9th. All kinds of events and attractions and decorations and characters and merch and food. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to go check it out. You Yay. can go see Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Chip, <laughs> Dale, Pluto, Donald, Daisy, and Clarabelle Cow all dressed in their wintertime apparel. Yes. The big old Christmas tree is right there in Main Street. There are nearly 1,800 ornaments on it, which is almost as many ornaments as Jeffrey has, I think. TBD. And the all-new... <laughs> year-round holiday store plaza point is also up and running christmas fantasy parade is back with the dancing gingerbread cookies you guys know i love those uh, very close to your heart <laughs> very close to my heart and then over at disney california adventure park we've got disney festival of the holidays that's back the mistletoes is an acapella ensemble who sing R&B Christmas songs and uh, celebrate the spirit of Kwanzaa. And then over at Cars Land, Luigi's Joy to the World is back, as well as Mater's Jingle Jamboree. And the cheer does not stop there. There is more at Downtown Disney and at the hotels too. So everywhere mm. you go, there's holiday cheer. <sighs> oh, three cheers for the holiday cheer. Uh. <laughs> Well, get this, you guys. It was announced this week that Mickey's Toontown at Disneyland Park is getting a facelift. Super exciting. Mm. It's being reimagined by early 2023, and Imagineers are working to create all new experiences for guests here, including adding more play activities and attractions than ever. One of these areas I read is being called Centennial Park. 
So <laughs> get it? Love that. Yep, yep. So Mickey's Toontown will actually close <laughs> in March of 2022, but fear not, folks. It's only temporary. And reimagining of this iconic park of Disneyland is getting underway very soon. Exciting. Yes, yeah, really fun concept art on the Disney Parks blog. So if you've not seen it, check it out. Love it. Nice. Well, in more Magical Parks news, the world's most magical celebration is now on the official Walt Disney World playlist. So with the start of the celebration, the playlist has been updated with some of the new music that you might have heard around the parks more recently, including Michael Giacchino's soundtrack from Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, as well as the 50th anniversary celebration anthem, The Magic is Calling, as well as You Are the Magic as well as the entire soundtrack to Harmonious. <gasps> Fun. Yes. Yeah, a whole lot to listen to. Oh, love that. Well, listen up, Bachelorette and Dancing with the Stars fans. Listen here. Oh, I just love these announcements, you guys. Caitlin Bristow is joining Dancing with the Stars live on tour. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I may be the most excited out of all three of us, but... <laughs> The co-host of and former Bachelorette herself actually won Dancing with the Stars in season 29, if you remember. She is bringing her mirror ball-worthy dancing moves to a town near you. The tour kicks off in the new year, and you can see tour dates and tickets at dwtstour.com. Fun. Mm, Nice, nice. Well, Last year, you may remember this, I watched the Disney's Holiday Magic Quest special with my niece, Dylan. I anticipate Mm -hmm. that this will happen again, maybe even just remotely. We'll be watching it together from separate parts of the country. But it is back Friday, December 3rd on Disney Channel. And those hilarious, very cool kids from Zombies, Milo Manham, Kylie Russell, Meg Donnelly, and Trevor Torgman, former podcast guest, several Mm -hmm. of them, are competing cannot wait and our favorite our unofficial fourth host event nicole brown <gasps> is hosting so uh yeah so, fun. Yes. yeah so so maleficent has stolen the holiday star from atop the holiday tree and its pieces have been hidden throughout disney's hollywood studios so Ooh. they have to find where those pieces are to save the holiday do you think it can happen Better tune in to find out. There you go. But you know what's going to happen first? (gasps) What? Five fantastic things to watch this weekend, courtesy of our friends at D23, the official Disney fan club. For complete details, visit D23.com. Jeffrey, what's up first? Well, up first, (laughs) Adventure Through the Walt Disney Archives is headed to Disney Plus this Friday, November 19th. So excited for everyone to be able to see this really great film made by our friend John Glime, featuring John. archives. Yay, shout out to John, featuring archives director Becky Klein, hosted by our pal Don Hahn, appearances by Bob Iger, Kevin Feige, Pete Doctor, Mark Hamill, Leonard Malton, so many more. Get ready to tune into that on Disney Plus this weekend. Well, also new to the Disney Plus library, also on Friday, also a documentary, (laughs) The Pixar Story. It's produced, written, and directed by Leslie Iwerks, and it charts the history of the Pixar Animation Studios. Yes, super good. Can't wait for it to be on the library. Love that. I love Leslie. Yay. Indeed. Now for the more adult fans, we have the season premiere on Friday of The Great Season 2, which 
I think is hilarious. Elle Fanning, so genius as Catherine the Great. Coming to Hulu this Friday, TVMA people. Make sure you watch appropriately. <laughs> love it, love it. Well, on Sunday, November 21st, you guys can catch the American Music Awards. It's award season yet, yet again. I love it. It'll be live at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC. And I truly cannot wait for BTS to perform with Megan Thee Stallion. And of course, our gal, Olivia Rodrigo, just to name a few. Yay. Yay. Well, I just mentioned it before, Enchanted hitting Disney Plus this weekend. So why not watch it on its 14th anniversary on Sunday, November 21st on Disney Plus. I love this movie. My favorite movie, my favorite Disney movie. Um, cannot wait for the sequel. I could go on, but <laughs> so good. There we go. All right, on to today's guest. Now, for anyone who heard our list of dream guests for the podcast when we hit 100 episodes, you know this man was on the top of the list. He began his Disney career nearly 30 years ago working for the Walt Disney Studios, where he served as president of distribution and later as president of home entertainment before becoming president of Disney Consumer Products and then chairman of Disney Parks. He went on to chair Disney Parks experiences and products and is now CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Please welcome to the show, Bob Chapek. So you began your Disney career at the studios. Did you have a favorite movie you worked on during your time there? I did. It would be the first Toy Story movie because I had the opportunity to go to Richmond and see it when it was just in wireframe form with Steve and John. It's actually the first time I met them in person. And I was greeted at the door. They made sure I didn't have a tie on because if I did, it was going to be cut off and <laughs> pasted up on the wall. Then I got the big bear hug from John, and we proceeded to sit in the screening room that was filled with a collection of couches from seemingly every place on earth, <laughs> every color, every size, every dimension. And then the room went dark, and I saw incredible magic. It had such a profound impact on me because I knew that the world of animation had just changed. So to me, that's one of the memories I take away from my studio days. Mm. I mean, like Toy Story, that's uh, yeah, a game changer. We talk about that all the time. So we saw you recently at Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary celebration. You and Bob stood there in front of Cinderella Castle, rededicating the park. And you've been a part of a lot of the transformation of that park and you know, the resorts worldwide. Are there some things that you are most proud of? Well, obviously, given the size and scale, you know, I think the new Avengers Campus is certainly a big one for that. Yep. I also believe that, you know, when it comes to the bubble nature, we talk about the Disney bubble a lot, the nature of the Skyliner is fantastic because not only does it add a sense of kinetics to the resort that is immediately palpable when you drive into the resort, but in terms of an experience, we take something that's sort of unfortunately turned fairly uh, utilitarian, which mm -hmm. is, you know, bus transportation and made it a lot more magical the way that Walt had originally intended. So I like what that does in terms of going forward by going backwards and bringing people into the magic that way. I mean, honestly, I carve out time whenever I go to Disney World to make sure I can at least go one round trip. The views, it's incredible. You take it all in. Yeah. You know, not very often do you get a chance to do that. But Galaxy's Edge, I mean, mm. Galaxy's Edge, I spent an unbelievable amount of time trying to curate uh, those two parks, both at World and at Land. So those are both meaningful. But I think sort of going forward, the Galactic Star Cruiser experience is going to be 
unbelievable. So I'm really looking forward to that. And of course, you know, our first uh, Guardians coaster mm. in Epcot, Cosmic Rewind. I can't wait. We, you know, we did our Walt Disney World special and both of those just really stood out to all of us as like, we cannot wait until next year for both of those. Yeah, it's a game changer. Mm. All right. As a kid, we know you used to travel from Hammond, Indiana every year with your family to the resort. What are some of your favorite memories from back then? Well, I think the first thing was just getting in a car and leaving the frozen tundra <laughs> of the upper Midwest and making that trek down and every, you know, six or seven hours finding that the climate had changed just ever so slightly until you get into southern Georgia and northern Florida and you're like, okay, I'm getting close. And then the anticipation, you know, increases until you finally get to Orlando and it was just like... It was magical, but not as magical as what happened when you walked down Main Street. And, you know, to this day, I mean, that's a lot of years ago, but I still get that same sort of hair-raising experience on the arm as soon as you walk down Main Street and see the castle and see the sights and, you know, smell the food. And it's just, you know, hear the music playing. It, it still affects me today like it did all those years ago. Yeah, I think that's true for a lot of Disney fans. I think those incredibly powerful nostalgic moments that enhance even walking down Main Street USA to an incredible level. Yep, I agree. You touched on this a second ago, but at D23 Expo back in, uh, I think, 2019, you first introduced guests to the idea of the Galactic Star Cruiser. Heard you recently got a tour. I did. What's it like? We need to know everything. Well, uh, you know, it's transformative. Because there's nothing else like it. You know, we, we like, to, again, to talk about sort of that immersive feeling of being inside the Disney bubble and nothing should be utilitarian. We talked about the Skyliner for transportation. Mm -hmm. Well, the same thing with hotels. And each of our hotels are themed, but not like this. This is something that I think is really going to be game-changing because if this works, and I have every reason to believe it is, it's going to be the model of what, you know, our hospitality can be in the future, not just functional hotels, as nice as they are and as lightly themed as they are, but for people that want to go deeper, this could represent the next sort of generation of hospitality in our resorts. So uh, I, I have to say, I walked in, my jaw dropped. <laughs> I walked into the next room, my jaw dropped. I might even have been uh, sort of a, uh, crawling a little bit, uh, having some fun. I heard there was a, a hidden door, maybe. There's a hidden door, and I, of course, my curiosity got the best of me. <laughs> so I, I started crawling around, and, you know, I, I guess I, you know, came off as, okay, this guy's really game for this experience, and I can't wait to actually take my family and have everyone experience it. Mm. Yeah, as many people know, I'm a big Disney Cruise fan, and it's when people say, oh, you know, a hotel, it's it, it's more like a cruise experience, which you're just immersed the entire time you're there, which I love. It was modeled after that. That's what led to this idea that you, it's literally a ship, and you can get off the ship and go to Galaxy's Edge, of course, if you take the landing, but other than that, you are immersed in the experience, and that was the genesis of the idea, the hmm. cruise. Another ship for me to sail on. All right, CEO, you oversee so much. I feel like people really need to understand what you really do hands-on and what are the projects that your team and their teams handle. Right. Well, first, let me start off by saying what I don't do, which is a common misconception. Every decision on every restaurant inside 
the parks, every shop, every time something is moved or changed. Sorry, folks, that's <laughs> not what I do. You just ruined all my next questions. I was going to say, but, but the pins over, no, just kidding. Yeah, no, no, that, that, is, that is not what I do. This company is so broad, far-reaching, so ambitious that I usually spend most of my time looking forward, trying to see around the corner, not where the company is today, but where the company is going to be over the next five years, and then trying to assimilate a set of actions or initiatives or priorities given what it's going to take to go from here, point A, to point B, out there. And as such, I've got really talented people that run each of our businesses and are taking care of the here and now, and that then frees me up to look down the road and see where we want to be. Things like, you know, the Galactic Star Cruiser would not have happened because you know, frankly, even the people that manage each of our segments, like Josh Tomorrow, right, or Kareem Daniel, they're not worrying about the here and now. They're looking, you know, down the road. And I think the Galactic Star Cruiser would not have happened if all we were focusing in is how best to run the Grand Floridian. That's a perfect example of sort of tomorrow. And Disney Plus, obviously, is the biggest initiative that the company has right now. So a disproportionate amount of my time goes towards that. I would say second is reimagining the guest experience at our theme parks. Mm. Yeah. And I want to make it clear, you love the Grand Floridian. We all love the Grand Floridian. There was no slights to the Grand Floridian there. It's just, you know, the Grand Floridian's there. Love the Grand Floridian. (laughs) You were named CEO and what feels like five minutes later, the entire world shut down. A year later, you and Bob I are standing there on Main Street USA at Disneyland, welcoming back guests, seeing the cast member reaction for the first time. What was that period like for you, and what did it mean for you to be there on Main Street? I think if I had to pick one word, it would be emotional. Hmm. Standing on the curbside and seeing the cast members and the guests, you know, everyone's got watery eyes and some, at, at a minimum some full out, you know, bawling. It was tough. It was tough for everybody. It was, it was tough to close the parks from a standpoint that closing the business means that at some point there's going to be a human impact. Mm -hmm. But just the fact that there was a little less magic in the world and we wanted to make magic. Everybody wants to make magic. Our cast members certainly want to make magic and that we weren't going to be able to do that for a while. It was pretty painful to be honest with you so the inverse of that is when you reopen i had been to both of world and land several times during the closure and it was one of the most depressing times i never thought i'd see it like that you know vacant it it felt like you know its soul was missing soul being the guest and the cast and so for that soul to come back into the parks was really great Obviously, the last year was difficult for everyone, and I wanted to actually take the chance to thank you on the podcast. People who listen to the show know that last year I had a battle with cancer, and I found out that you heard just through a colleague what I was going through. And literally moments later, an email shows up in my inbox, and I I can't tell you how much it meant to me, your very kind words. The fact that you took time out of your, I can't even imagine what your day was like a year ago to offer me some comfort really meant a lot. And, and following up was just, it just was overwhelming. So I just wanted to, to say thank you for that. And, and yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, what we do is important in the world. We talked about what the parks were like when they were closed. 
But there's something much bigger than the fantasy worlds that we create, as important as they are, and that's real life. The people in this company are the heart and soul of the company. You certainly are the heart and soul of the company. And it just kind of pained me to know that you were in a rough spot. And most important use of my time at that moment in those several interactions we had even past that yeah. uh, was to reach out to you and offer my support for whatever it's worth and and uh, check in on you every couple of weeks. So glad to see you're awesome. I am very happy to be awesome. And it's very awesome to be back, I got to say. And as listeners know, I've been able to be back here on the studio a lot for a bit, and that's been great. And I certainly can't wait to see what it's like when we're able to welcome even more of our cast members and colleagues back here to the studio. But switching gears, Disney Plus Day last week. So many incredible series and specials and movies coming to the platform. What are some that you're really excited about? Well, I'd say, you know, the keystones will probably be Boba Fett and Hawkeye. Mm. But emotionally, for me, there's one that I've been pushing for for a long time and one that I've been pushing for for a very long time. And that's Disenchanted mm. and Hocus Pocus 2. Yes. Matter of fact, you might have seen a particular cast member walking around in the whole family dressed up as Hocus Pocus characters. And one of them might have been Billy. <laughs> and you'll never see a picture. You'll never see a video because we have strict rules against that. But to show you what fans we are, that was the family dress up was Hocus Pocus. So to have a sequel to that show coming out, plus Disenchanted, greatest name ever, right after Enchanted, mm -hmm. right? I'm jacked about both of those. So are we, 100%. And I think you've got a little bit of news to share, right? Well, yes, I do. So you know how much I love D23. You and I have shared the stage before on D23, and that's when I really got to know you in, in a greater way. So I'm proud to announce that you're going to have a sneak peek of the Disney 100 celebration launch at Destination D. Yes. And as you know, I find myself in this particular job at the turn between the first 100 years and the second 100 years. And I want to make sure that we as a company set ourselves up for success for the next great 100 years. And that will be all on show at Destination D it's going to be fantastic, and I think it's going to set the tone for the next few years for the company. Yeah, can't wait. We will miss you, but we understand. Yeah, I'm sorry I uh, had every intention of trying to make it this year. As you know, I've made the last several, mm -hmm. and uh, I really love that event. Unfortunately, this year, given the new job and given the tugs I get from several different areas, it's impossible for me to make it, but I will be there in spirit and you can always watch the live stream if you want to. I, you and I will. I will. <laughs> it may be from 50,000 feet, but I will watch the live stream. Walt Disney Archives, obviously they're going to be at Destination D23 and they do a great exhibit. Can you tell us a little bit about why the archives and the history it preserves are so important to the company? Yeah, I think there's two things. Number one is just to remember the past and the importance of how we got here. So that's the first piece. But the second piece is it's an unbelievable resource for creative people throughout the company to draw upon, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, so many things that come out of consumer products, you know, uh, that represent heritage and legacy start with old designs that they find inside the archives. Yep. And, you know, the whole company is about taking 
what was great and what is great about the Walt Disney Company and sort of reinterpreting it for a modern era. And unless you have that foundation, you don't really know what you're flexing off of to start of. So to me, you know, the idea, for example, that the archives just installed a flag into the Hall of Presidents is really spectacular because that was given to Royal Disney at the dedication of Walt Disney World from President Nixon. And to be able to recognize, preserve that, and share that with a broader audience is a really big deal. Agree. Agree. Now, for many years, you've been on the national board of Make-A-Wish, which is a longstanding relationship with Disney, of course. Why is that important to you? Well, it's important to me because there's a lot of great things we do in the world, but maybe the people that need it the most when they're at a really tough time, like kids when they're sick, it just inherently bothers me that they're not living a normal childhood because regardless of you know the lives we choose to lead when we're adults, these kids have no say in the matter. And if we can somehow make their day brighter, then we should do that. And so when the position came up, somebody said to me, who should get on the Make-A-Wish board? I said, selfishly, me. Uh, that was <laughs> something I actually, uh, a role that I actually coveted, and it's been so rewarding. I think it's important to realize, and this is what sort of after I joined the board, when I really understood the power of Disney, mm. not only the power of Make-A-Wish, but the power of Disney, 51% of the requests coming from Make-A-Wish kids, they can wish for anything in the world, literally anywhere in the world, anything in the world, 51% are Disney wishes. And I think that says something about what it is that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, we all talk about making magic, and we do. Yeah. And then the long-lasting impacts, not only on the kids themselves, but their families and their siblings. Because think about it this way. The entire family sacrifices for the health and well-being of the sick child. And all of a sudden, it makes that sick child the hero in that household. And that's a big deal. Mm. And it really inspires kids to go on and, you know, fight the tough fight to get better. And the good news is the great majority of them do. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that uh, even, you know, during what the time when the parks were closed, Imagineers pivoted and they found ways and, and the whole company found ways to be able to still grant wishes to kids, which I thought was really amazing. A lot of ingenuity and a mm -hmm. lot of uh, determination to figure it out. And, and they did a great job. Oh. All right, Bob, it is time for a lightning round of Disney favorites. So just say whatever comes into your head first. Ready? Go. Favorite Disney animated movie? Mermaid. Ooh. Live action Disney movie? First Pirates movie. Ooh. Favorite Star Wars droid? BB-8. Favorite Marvel superhero? Hulk. Wow. Favorite show or movie that you binged on Disney Plus? Well, you know, during the pandemic, we were home a lot, and we watched the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe from start to finish every day. Wow. So I don't know if that counts as a binge, but I guess that's a big binge. That's a big... I have to ask, though, did you watch it chronologically, or did you watch it in the order of when things took place? No, we, we watched it in the order of release. Ah, good. I think sometimes that makes more sense. All right. Favorite Disney resort to hotel to stay at? I'm a big fan of the Riviera. It's beautiful. Yeah. And you get the Skyliner. And you get the Skyliner. Favorite Disney park snack? Uh, some people know this. Pickles. <laughs> Pickles and bags. 
<laughs> we love that Disney pickle story. For anyone who was at Destination D back in 2016, we first heard the pickle story. It was very good. Favorite Disney Parks restaurant? Blue Bayou. Favorite Disney Park attraction? Gosh, there's so many of them. But I have to say that Avatar Flight of Passage is great. Close second, though, is Pirates in Shanghai. Oh, I mean, epic. Yeah, those both are at the top of the heap right there. They're amazing. And we end every interview with the same question. What is your favorite Disney memory? Okay, my favorite Disney memory was actually the Invictus Games. Oh, wow. At the World of Sports Complex in Orlando because it was a mixture of Disney magic with people that are tremendously inspirational, uh, at least they were to me, because they could have been, you know, doing something far less strainful and stressful <laughs> and aggressive than they were doing, but they were pushing themselves to the outer limits. And to hear Prince Harry and the U.S. military brass and the organizers brag about how different that Invictus game was versus the first one because of Disney magic and what that meant to them, that just instilled me with so much pride that it's probably my number one Disney memory. Wow, it's a great memory. Bob, thank you so much for your time. We so appreciate it, and it is fantastic to see you. Nice to see you as well, and uh, glad to do this. Well, we wow. finally got Bob on the podcast, everybody. Yay! Yes. Amazing. He did it. Goal achieved. And did he admit to dressing as Billy Butcherson from Hocus Pocus <laughs> for Halloween? Because if so, I need the photos. Yes. Uh, he the said there is no photographic evidence of this. I know. But I was very, very impressed. I mean, like, that is a good costume. So. Yeah, great to get to speak with him and also to get to thank him. So that was terrific. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks again, Bob. And thanks again to you guys for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, use the hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.